Hello, welcome to Eagle Tales, a podcast from the Central High School Foundation, keeping you connected to the nest through storytelling and original interviews. I'm your host, Josh Busey. Before we get started, though, a little bit about the foundation. We were established in 1996 to support present and future Central students. And today we are even more committed to preserving the values of a Central High School education. The foundation supports the school through many activities, like building relationships with alumni, fundraising, student scholarships, teacher classroom grants, and a lot more. We want to work with you. We are proud of the accomplishments that our students, staff, and 35,000 alumni achieve every day. Your patronage not only supports Central, but it also strengthens Eagle Nation. Visit our website to learn more at chsfomaha.org. It is my honor to introduce our guest for episode 13 of Eagle Tales. Maya Taylor, who is a 2002 alumna of Central, is our guest today. Maya is an MTV Video Music Award nominated choreographer and movement director working in New Orleans, Los Angeles, and New York City. She began her dance training at a very young age and shortly moved to New York to pursue her love of dancing at the prestigious Alley School. After dancing professionally for many years, Maya began to create her distinct blend of movement that has skyrocketed her choreography career throughout film, television, fashion, and stage performance. Maya, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I always like to start every episode out by giving our guests an opportunity to introduce herself to our listeners. So Maya, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you learned growing up in Omaha. Well, as you said, my name is Maya Taylor. I grew up in West Omaha and I spent a majority of that time that I lived in Omaha from ages two to 18 dancing. My mom was a professional dancer and choreographer So I spent a lot of the time at the studio with her. And then growing up in Omaha, and especially in the neighborhood I lived in, in West Omaha, most kids go that I knew went to Burke. And my parents were very adamant that I go to Central. They really wanted me to be around a new group of kids. And so I commuted every day for four years from West Omaha to Central, which was so much fun. After I graduated, I moved right to New York and I went to Fordham University and did the Ailey Fordham BFA program for four years. And then I loved that so much and I loved living in New York. And then, you know, my life has taken a bunch of different turns. I lived in New York and and Los Angeles and now New Orleans, and I work all over the world, which is really fun. It sounds like dance has been an important part of your life for a very long time. What do you think sparked your interest in dance originally? Definitely my mother. She always used to joke that I was dancing in her womb and probably because she was dancing all the time. And really my sister Hallie, who also went to Central, she was class of 2004. We were always at the dance studio with her while our dad was working. Um, He was in telemarketing in Omaha. So we were always at the studio. And I think just the sense of community, and then obviously moving your body all the time and the different styles and everything changes day to day in dance. And so that was always really exciting for me. 
But really, for me, it's about the people. I think the dance community in Omaha is really incredible. And, you know, I grew up in studios all over the city and studios very close to Central. I danced at the Rose and at Creighton and Omaha Academy of Ballet. And so really, I think dancers are some of the coolest and most intelligent people in the world. You were involved with many different activities when you were at Central, including DECA, Bel Canto, The Roadshow. What do you remember about your time as a Central Eagle? Oh, my gosh. Well, those were my three favorite activities at school. I loved DECA. It was one of my favorite things, like my favorite clubs to be a part of. And like my the marketing classes at Central were some of my favorites. I thought the teachers there were just incredible. And then Bel Canto, just for the singing, which I don't sing anymore, So, but I loved doing that. And the roadshow was so much fun. I thought it was so wonderful to see the people that we went to school with every day. And maybe you didn't get to talk to them every day, but you saw them bring out their talents that you didn't know that they had. And I, I think I did it my junior and senior year, maybe my sophomore year too. But I remember I did a, a solo my junior year, I think, and I was dancing on point. And I think that might be the first time I actually ever choreographed something was for the road show at Central. And I don't remember the dance now, but um, <laughs> it was really fun. And I did the musicals also my freshman and sophomore year. I did Guys and Dolls and South Pacific. Do you remember... Any teachers or administrators who had a profound impact on your time when you were at Central? Uh, definitely Peggy Georgeson, for sure, in, in drama and musical theater. I mean, I loved the drama classes, and I don't think I took drama every year, but I just remember my freshman year. That was like a big, I really fondly remember that time. And then after school, the musicals were just something that, you know, has never really left my memory. And I think even for Guys and Dolls, I that was the first time I'd ever been involved in any type of musical because I had done just ballet and jazz and modern and and hip hop, you know, at my mom's studio and other studios. And so getting involved in the musical was a completely different world for me. And I can't remember who was choreographing it my freshman year, but they asked if anyone knew how to do fuete turns, which is a certain type of turn in ballet. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know how. And then I did them. <laughs> and then I got to be the dance captain for the musical. And I was a freshman and I was like, this is so cool. And I think I'm sure a lot of the, the kids that had already been there were like, who is this girl? And I was just, that was the first time I ever kind of got to help run a room. And it's really interesting when, you know, I was approached to do the podcast, I just kind of went back through my time at Central and I was like, oh my gosh, like that was the first time I really was like, I was performing, but I got to be in the front of the room and, you know, I didn't help choreograph, but I got to help translate the choreographer's movement onto the other actors and dancers. And so Central's kind of where things really started. Take us back to what was going on at Omaha and Central at that time. There was no air conditioning at the school, right? Mm -hmm. So like, what, what was going on? <laughs> oh my gosh, what was going on? I cannot believe that we went to school without air conditioning one. Um, but I just remember, I think Central also prepared me for living in New York because I remember getting off the bus my freshman year and I remember just walking into the, like, 
the first entrance and just the chaos of all of these kids just running around. I had no idea what I was doing. And I think because, you know, also coming from West Omaha and going to Beverage before Central, I knew maybe five people going into school. And so it seemed like everybody else knew each other already. So there was like kind of this like butterflies in the stomach type feeling. But I remember trying to navigate the hallways and get to my classes and not really knowing where my classes were. But it was such an exciting time, really. So yeah, and it was like the end of the 90s also. So the fashions and things which I'm very much into were were always something that I loved seeing and what people wore to school and all of that. And, you know, I just remember the rush of trying to get from one class to another within four minutes. I don't know if that's still the same at Central now, but Four minutes is a, not a lot of time to get around that building. <laughs> so. Just this past year, they switched to block scheduling. So that changed some of that a little bit. That's a very common piece of feedback we've received is that getting from some of the old music rooms down, maybe up to the third or fourth floor is quite a trek. <laughs> yeah, I think my check-in period or whatever was in the art rooms on the fourth floor. My locker was on the fourth floor. And so I was like running around you know, to get to my classroom on the first floor afterwards. But then you get you get used to it, you know, so you definitely get used to going up and down those steps. So as you mentioned, after you graduate from Central, you move across the country to New York City. Was that somewhere that you'd been before or like have you did you visit there before you decided to go to Fordham? Like what was that like leaving Omaha and moving so far away? So I knew that I wanted to dance, be a professional dancer from a like very, very young age. And so I I had a crazy schedule when I was at Central. You know, I would wake up at 6 a.m., maybe 5 a.m., and then drive down to Central to go to school. And then right after school, I would go to dance for two, three hours, you know, and doing homework all in between then. And then my parents realized when I told them I wanted to be a professional dancer, they were like, okay, if you really are taking this seriously, you know, you need to get out of Omaha for the summer. And so the Ailey School had summer intensives. And so I would go to that. I went as a 15-year-old to New York without my parents for eight weeks and danced every day for six to eight hours a day. And then I'm running around. I think my first summer in New York, I had a chaperone. And then when my parents realized that, you know, I was going to my classes and was safe in New York, you know, the rest of the years, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, they let me go on my own, which I was like, wow, you guys trusted me a lot. <laughs> but I knew it was what I wanted to do. And so I went every summer and I I, ne- I didn't really have a normal high school experience because I was spending my time training to become a professional dancer. And so I knew New York was after that first summer, I was like, oh, I want to live here and I want to dance here. And so when I found out about the Ailey Fordham program, I was like, that's where I want to go to school. And so I applied to Fordham and I applied to Stevens College in Columbia um, because my great grandmother went there. But I knew New York was for me. And that was pretty risky to only apply to two schools. And I got into both, thankfully. Um, but that was part of it is my my parents really pushing me or helping me focus on what I wanted. And I'm so thankful to them that they were able to send me to New York for the summers. And, you know, also to just be so supportive of, you know, I didn't really have a social life my freshman to junior years in school. Like the hallway time was my social time because I would go to dance afterwards and and then, you know, I'd do homework until like midnight and then I'd wake up and do it again. And 
you know, what's really interesting and something I've been thinking about these last few days is like that really prepared me for my life now because my schedule is very crazy. And, you know, sometimes I'm on shoots overnight and then I have to wake up and go to a different set the next day. And it really built my stamina for the world that I'm in now and built my stamina for Fordham, like the academics at Central. Oh, my gosh, they they were so incredible that they really helped me be successful at Fordham and to find that balance between going to class in the morning and then dancing and then going to class again. So I'm really thankful that I had that opportunity. But yeah, New York was where I wanted to be. And and when I graduated from Fordham, I joined a, a professional dance company, a modern company called Elisa Monte Dance. And I danced with them for three years and then started working in, in the commercial world. For our listeners who might not be familiar, could you explain what the Ailey School is and what they're about? Yes. The Alvin Ailey School is an incredible school in New York, based in New York, and it was created by Alvin Ailey, who was an amazing modern dance choreographer. I'm not sure on the exact year that it was created, but they have an incredible company that's just like very diverse and they do all types of dance. And so in the school itself is like very much like Central is a very diverse school and you're learning all different types of dance and you know, it's very rigorous training. You are really, really pushed there. And some people are go right into the second company or the first company there. But it was another wonderful place that provided a lot of tools to be successful in the dance world. And so I knew like for myself that I wasn't going to be in the Ailey company, but I found this other amazing company that I that was the right fit for me. And the school is really good at that because it has all of these incredible teachers that have worked all over the world and in so many different companies. And they really kind of help find your placement in the dance world. As a not so great dancer myself, I can only imagine the amount of time and patience it must take to dance professionally. You can take this as broadly or as specifically as you'd like, but Is there a genre or type of dancing that you enjoy the most? And would you say that that preference has changed over time? Uh, When I was younger, I loved ballet and I really wanted to be a ballerina up until I was about 12. And then, you know, my body started to change as a young woman and at that time did not work with the ballet world. But I still take ballet class today. I was just at ballet class this morning because it's a great foundation for things. But my favorite style is contemporary dance. And that is a mix of pretty much every type of style of dance. But I I grew up doing everything. But after college, and when I was with this dance company, they did more contemporary dance. And so that is what I love to do. But I really choreograph, you know, now as a choreographer and movement director, I choreograph every single kind of dance because I grew up doing every single kind of dance. So, and I'm still learning a lot now, you know, I still try and take classes in different styles so that I, you know, cause I really can be asked to do all of these different things. So it's important to me to stay up to date on, you know, what's happening in the dance world for sure. Even in the name itself, contemporary dance, it sounds like something that continues to evolve and change pretty regularly. How do you kind of keep up with the trends on something like that? Okay, for me, it's it's about creating my own style. So there are, like, for instance, for ballet, there's a vocabulary that for hundreds of years, you know, people have followed and can just say one word and every single dancer in the room knows how to do that step. 
Contemporary is a little bit different because I think it's really up to the choreographer and their style of contemporary. And as I mentioned before, it's such a a mashup of different styles of dance that it really depends on the the choreographer. Because even in modern dance, there are certain styles of modern dance like the Horton technique or the Martha Graham technique or Lamone technique. And those are very similar in ballet. You have certain words that you could say to a dancer and they would just know how to do. And in contemporary, there is no, not really a written language for that. It is like Maya style, you know, and that's what. There's not really like a template or a guide. It's just kind of, yeah. It's just up to you and how you create and, and how you move. And, you know, there's contemporary ballet, contemporary jazz, contemporary modern. And my style just goes like it is, it is really a mix of all of those. In your career, I'm sure it's incredibly competitive trying to compete with all of the the talent that's out there. What would you say was your first big break that you got? Oh my gosh. Well, it took me a long time to get to what I would consider my first break because I didn't, you know, right now I choreograph for TV and film and commercials and you know, in the music industry and all of that. But I really started in theater and I started with modern dance companies. And I actually, the first piece that I was ever paid to choreograph was in Omaha at UNO. And a very good friend of my mom's, Josie Metal Corbin, whose daughter Quinn Corbin also went to Central. Absolutely. And we, we yeah. grew up together. She gave me my first opportunity to choreograph anything as a job. You know, my story isn't very much like, oh, I graduated Central, I went to New York, you know, I danced and became a working in the choreography field. A few years after I was in New York, my my mother got really sick. And so I had to move back to Omaha and I had been, you know, dancing and I had just left this dance company I was in and I was ready to start auditioning for TV and film and commercials and all of that. And then, you know, life was like, no, not so fast. So my mother got sick in, uh, I think it was October of 2009. And then she had passed away by June 2010. And it was such a, you know, terrible loss because not only just for my family, but, you know, the dance community in Omaha, she was a really prominent figure in the community there. And had trained so many dancers and, you know, she was a choreographer and I knew the first choreographer I ever knew was my mom. And I never thought that I was going to choreograph at all. And I thought I was going to be dancing and dancing on Broadway and in companies and commercials and all of that. And so when I kind of had to make that switch after my mom passed away, I moved back to Omaha and I had no idea what I was going to do because you know, I had never choreographed before as a job. And so Josie gave me my first, you know, break in, would you like to come choreograph for one of the concerts we have? And, you know, I was terrified, but I said yes, because I was like, you know, for a year after my mom passed, I was, I was going back and forth between New York and Omaha trying to make it work. And, you know, so it was during that time she had asked me. And so I had moved back And I started core, you know, I I did this piece and I was like hooked. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I kind of like this. I like making up my own steps in this puzzle piece that, you know, this puzzle you have to put together with movement and music and lighting and the dancers and the stage and all of that. And I got hooked from that first time. 
And so I spent, and that was in 2010. And so I spent from 2010 to 2000, or I was in Omaha 2011 to 2013. And I spent all of that time going to different studios and teaching and, and creating works and, you know, sometimes just asking dancers to come in and, you know, um, will you just move around with me? And I didn't really have in a way like being in New York or LA, you know, I would see kind of like what people were doing because Instagram had also just kind of like, you know, was taking off. So you're like seeing all of these projects that people are doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm I'm ever going to get there because I'm not in New York or LA. I'm in Nebraska and that's not a bad thing, but I just like didn't have what, I didn't know what my in was going to be. And so I just spent a lot of time with, I say with my head down in the studio, but that's not true because it was all over the place, but just creating and (laughs) working on movement. And I'm so thankful for the people that gave me, you know, really my first break, which was Josie, as I mentioned, but also another woman named Patty Zukaitis and another woman named Taffy Howard. And I really owe my relationship with them to the relationship my mom had with them. And I mean, they all knew me growing up, but it's very different when you've been away and you come back. And so this is this is kind of a long story. So I'm trying to do the like a little bit of the cliff notes of it. But, you know, they just they gave me an opportunity and they gave me studio space and they asked if I would want to choreograph for things. And you know, I just was able to keep building my work. So I'm so forever grateful to them and also to the dancers that were there with me as well, because, you know, they had, some of them had worked with my mom or some of them had just moved to Omaha and they wanted to move. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of that time with them, but my break even then didn't really happen right away because in 2013, I moved to New Orleans. And while I was in New Orleans, I, the first, I think it was like maybe the third or fourth time I had visited, um, or maybe later, I auditioned for a music video for One Republic, the band One Republic, their song Counting Stars. And I got it, but I still, I technically didn't live in New Orleans then. I said I did. And I was still going, I was going back, then going back and forth from Omaha to New Orleans. But I really was like, I, I have to do this music video. And so I moved, I got into the video and it was really fun. But on that video, I met, you know, a producer and director and kind of like people that I'm still friends with now that are just incredible in the industry. But at that time, when I had moved to New Orleans was the same time that Solange Knowles, who was the first person, you know, that I ever really like big artist that I ever choreographed for had moved to New Orleans. And so that was kind of kismet and great timing from the universe to like, we're all here at the same time. And New Orleans is very, very small. You know, that was in 2013, but we didn't work together until 2016. And I know that was a very long story to tell about getting there, but I think from what it could look like on the internet, it might just seem as things happen very quickly, but it it took a long time. It took six years for me to get, you know, any kind of quote unquote break But even then, you know, it still has taken time. So long story short, in 2016, my what I would consider like a big break or breaking into the industry was when I got to work with Solange on her. um, It was her visuals for Don't Touch My Hair and Cranes in the Sky in New Orleans. Your story was great. And I think it's so important to talk about that because there's no way that you could have achieved what you have on your own without some help along the way. So I think that's why it's important to give those shout outs and 
and kudos to people because um, without them, I mean, it's just you wouldn't have gotten to where you are. Yeah. And you mentioned it, and I think this is so cool. You've worked on some large campaigns for singers such as Kelly Rowland, One Republic, companies like Calvin Klein, television shows and movies on Netflix and Hulu. I'm curious to know, did your jaw drop when you heard some of these people wanted to work with you? Like, what was your reaction like? I think every single time I open my email and, you know, or sometimes it's through a phone call or a text, my jaw does drop and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I would love to do this project. And, you know, it's just, I'm so thankful and I'm so excited that, you know, the projects that I've I've gotten to work on so far that these people have have liked what I've been doing and, you know, want to continue to work with me or ask me to create something for them. And even from that first moment, you know, when Solange's team asked me to work on the video with her, I was um, I think I was in the middle of nowhere, like Colorado, and I was about to go on a vacation and, you know, the call was like, can you come back to New Orleans tomorrow? We need you to be on set. And I dropped everything. I was like, I ran upstairs um, to the people I was with. I was like, I'm so sorry, I have to leave. Um, and they were like, what's <laughs> going on? I was like, I can't really talk about it. Uh, I have to sign an NDA and I have to go. And so I packed my stuff and I ran back to New Orleans and started working on the video. And, you know, I I don't think I would be working on the things I've worked on if I hadn't spent the last 13 years and a majority of that time in the studio working on my craft and my movement vocabulary and putting, you know, dance videos out there on Instagram or YouTube or teaching class or, you know, just being out socially. And that contributed a lot to that. And, you know, even the time I was in New Orleans, I I worked on it with a dance company here just putting out work. And I didn't know if any of this was ever going to happen, but I was just like, I know it will. I know it will. I know it will. So even now, like just in the last few months, the works that I've gotten to do and, and, and the travel has just been incredible, but that's not to say that it's been back to back to back because when I, you know, the first job I did in 2016, you know, I don't think my next job was until, you know, I think it was like in August of 2016 and then it was a few months and I kept working with Solange, but the next new artist I didn't work with was, wasn't until about a year later. And so a lot of my job and, and what I have to do is like to keep creating on my own so that when these big jobs do pop up, I'm ready for whatever my clients ask of me. And so I, I have to spend a lot of time just continuing to work on my own. And it is the entertainment industry where you can work a lot for a, a, a long time and then you don't work for either a long time or a short amount of time. And so I think that the pandemic was something that was not in a way a shock to my industry because we have that happen all the time and you can have these amazing jobs. And then, you know, what are you going to do for those two months that you are technically off? I know the pandemic was a very different time because like, oh my goodness, the world might not open back up. But I had already experienced that in many different ways in my career after leaving New York and coming to New Orleans and, you know, just kind of like the off and on of it all. But with the people that I've gotten to work with, you know, a lot of it is building relationships with them, whether it's just that one time that you work together or, you know, repeat clients that, you know, 
every time they're doing something bigger and better. And so for me, it's a lot of self-preparation and a lot of, of just like making sure that I'm ready for it. Maybe the Solange video is a good example. If you don't mind, kind of take us through what the process looks like for a project like that. How much back and forth is there with you and the artist or company or like how much creative freedom do you usually have to to come up with what you want? It depends on every job is is different. And, and that's what I love about what I do is um, the creative is different every single time. And so with that first video with Solange and we filmed that in New Orleans and we had worked together um, one time before. So, you know, I got to see her movement style. But for that first video, it wasn't so much choreographing for me. It was movement directing. If you watch um, Don't Touch My Hair, which was that first video that we did together, there's like some big group moments and things like that. And so for me, it was a lot of listening to what she wanted and say, I think, you know, because she's also a choreographer herself. She's an incredible choreographer. And so there were moments that over our time together that I've choreographed on my own or I've taken movement that she has done and then you know, I put it on the dancers. And so it's a lot of back and forth like that. What does the client want? What does the artist need to see? You know, how can I add my own flair to what everyone else needs to see? Because a lot of times with dance, um, if it's not a dance-centered music video or, you know, dance is, is um, being brought into a TV scene, you know, seen on a TV show or in a film, everything else has already been decided. So the dance is kind of like thrown in there at the end. So sometimes, you know, with a, with a television show, they will say, okay, Maya, you can do whatever you want. And I was like, what? And I can do whatever I want? Okay. <laughs> but it's in with the realm of if it's with the actors, you have to acknowledge what the actors can do. If it's with dancers, I really can do, you know, whatever I want, but it has to fit the scene. So same thing with any artist. It's making sure that the movement vocabulary fits their style, or if it is a brand that the movement vocabulary fits their style, whether that is actual choreographed steps or movement direction. So I'm taking into account the artist first or the brand first, and then you have the creative that's coming from the director. And then, you know, sometimes with the brands that I'm working with, it's the director creative and then what the client needs to see for their brand. And so this is all stuff I've learned over years and years and years because sometimes, you know, with a concert dance piece, like with a ballet company or modern dance company, you really are doing whatever you want. You are, you are directing the piece. You are, are doing the costumes and the lighting and all of that. But in the commercial world, it's such a collaboration, which I love so much. And really, it does change from every single job. I think the only thing that doesn't change is if it's artists that I've worked with before, I know how they work and I still learn how they work, even though they want something different with the movement. In 2019, you were nominated for an MTV Video Music Award for choreographing um, Solange's Almeida. What did you enjoy about working on that project and how did it feel to be recognized like that? I mean, that's so cool, right? Being awarded or not awarded, <laughs> but recognized for potentially winning a VMA. That's pretty cool. Oh my gosh, that was... Well, one, that project was our the second big project that I worked with her on. And it was so incredible because it was on such a larger scale than the work for A Seat at the Table. And I met some incredible people on that job. And we were filming that in Texas. And I think we were there for three weeks, off and on for three weeks. And 
we had all these little segments of the videos of the visual album that was going to happen. So when we got to see it in March of uh, 2019, because we filmed it in the fall of 2018. So we got to see it when it premiered in 2019. And it blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, I know I did the choreography for this, but I didn't know it was going to look this way. She just has an amazing vision for what she wants to see. And that was another project that we got to collaborate on to where there were moments in these vignettes where I would choreograph some or she would want movement that she had choreographed in some. And I had the best time um, and I hadn't spent that much time in Texas. So it was incredible. And then a few months later after, it, I think the the visual album got such a beautiful response, really just an incredible album. And so I was teaching at Perry Mansfield, which is a performing arts camp in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And I had opened my email and it was another one of these surprise emails from her manager at the time saying, Maya, I just want to let you know that we submitted Almeida for um, MTV VMA award. And I was walking to go teach a class and my jaw just dropped and I almost started crying because I'd watched MTV my entire life. And I love music videos and I love all of that, like everything. I know it's very different now, but I was just floored. I was like, okay, but it still wasn't the nomination yet. We didn't know, but I was like, okay. So I didn't tell anybody. I think I told one person that I was with but I was like, well, I'm not going to say anything because it may not be picked, you know, for the nomination. And then the next day I was teaching in class and I always have my phone on Do Not Disturb. My friends make fun of me so much because my Do Not Disturb is on 12 hours a day. Um, and But especially when I'm teaching, but I happened to look at my computer and my texts had just blown up. And it was, you know, people being like, oh my gosh, you got nominated for a VMA. And I, I was just like, I, I remember stopping this class that I was teaching and I asked the kids, I said, do you guys know, because they were, this is in 2019. I was like, do y'all know what the VMAs are? And some of them shook their head. They had no idea. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm old, but like, it's fine because I'm not. But I just freaked out because I think mostly because I had watched music videos my entire life on MTV and just to be recognized for something that I loved working on so much and was so proud of and and am so honored to work with an artist like Solange regularly was just like incredible. And when I got to go to the awards, I brought one of my best friends from college there because we had watched the VMAs in college and I asked him to be my date and just wanted to celebrate that with him and going there. And so because I don't do what I do for recognition. I do it because I get to create and I get to create some amazing things for some amazing people. And that was just a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I I don't think I'd even like really taken time myself to celebrate what I had been doing the last few years. I think I was just, you know, and I'm still like that now. I just go, 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 go. And then when I take moments to like reflect, I am just like, so thankful that this is my career. And, you know, I think about the times a lot when I was choreographing in my mom's basement, you know, thinking I'm not, I don't think I ever said I, I'm not going to. I was like, I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And so when I get these really incredible jobs, I think of Maya from 13 years ago and just starting out and how proud she would be to see where I am now and 
how hard I've worked and that I didn't stop because I think there were definitely moments in my career where I know that dance is always going to be in my life. But, you know, I had family members and, you know, someone I dated at, at, at one time, like trying to get me to quit. They were like, you need to quit. You're not going to make any money. You're not going to be successful. This is, you know, I don't see a future for you in this. And I was, and I'm just like, don't listen to those people. Like if you have people in your life and there's something you want to do, do not ever listen to them. Cause could you imagine if I had listened to them and then I, I would have missed out on this whole entire life that I had. And I'm just so thankful for moments like that though, because they teach you like, if there's something that you want to do, just do it. You will figure it out and you can ask for help. And if you are in a place or a city that the commercial world is not available to you. And, you know, one thing I think that's so great about our world now is like everyone is accessible to everyone. You could message your favorite choreographer or artist or tag your favorite artist in a video and be like, I made this for you. And I cannot tell you how many times I've done that and gotten a job from that. So it's a lot different world now, but I think of that, Maya, from 2010 to 2013, where I was like, how? And then, you know, I was like, but just keep going. So I did. And then that's the stuff that's been happening. I'm old enough, too, to remember how big the VMAs were growing up. And it's just, it is interesting to see the generation currently younger than us. It's it's YouTube, it's TikTok, it's Instagram. Mm -hmm. They're finding other ways to kind of not only express themselves, but get inspirations from other people on platforms like that. It's just kind of interesting to see the progression of things that moves along. If you can share, do you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about? Oh my gosh. I have two. Well, I'm not sure when one of them is coming out, but I know I can I can talk about them because they premiered at South by Southwest last month. And both were filmed in New Orleans, which is very exciting. But I worked on this show called I'm a Virgo, and it's directed by Boots Riley, and it's going to come out on Amazon. And so I got to do some movement direction and choreography for that show, which I heard it's supposed to be quite wild. And that's all I can say about that. And then I uh, worked on a film, an independent film called If You Were the Last. I'm not sure when that's coming out, but it's with Anthony Mackie and Zoe Chow. And it's uh, directed by a really cool director named Chris Mercado. So those are two things. They've, they're already done, but they're going to come out soon, which is really exciting. And right now, just keep working on myself. And I, I think there's things coming up for me in the summertime, but not necessarily things I can share just yet. So That's so exciting to hear. Thank you. I always like to end with asking our guests, what was your favorite central memory when you were at Central High School? Oh my gosh. Really? Okay. I I feel like I've heard this a few times on the podcast, but and so I fully agree, but the courtyard is my favorite. Any time I spent in the courtyard was my favorite part of Central. I ate lunch in the courtyard and I think it was such a wonderful meeting place and, you know, like passageway to get from one place to another. So I would say that that was definitely one. I think also, and I mentioned before the musicals, they were just so much fun to me and, and something new and, and completely different and really just like opened my world to, you know, different possibilities um, as a dancer and, you know, future choreographer. But I loved my time at Central so, so much. I think it it's such an incredible place. And 
anytime I I come home, which I'm due for a visit soon, I always ask you know, whichever family member picks me up. I was like, can we please drive by Central? Um, so it's really such a special place, and I I loved my time there so much. It sounds like you gave a little bit of parting advice before, but if you have any advice for dancers or choreographers who are listening, what words of wisdom would you pass on to them? Oh my gosh. I think the biggest piece of advice I would find is find your own voice as an artist. I think with the world that we live in now where, you know, I mentioned before that it's great because everything is so accessible, but sometimes that's not a good thing because then you're constantly influenced by what people are putting out there. And so, but this could be for any, I think any art really business, I'm not not quite sure on, but really any kind of art is like finding your own voice. So going into the, your studio, whatever the studio is, music studio, you know, like, or with the camera and just figuring out who you are as an artist, because someone someday is going to look at your work and be like, I want that person. They have a very unique voice. And, and I think one thing that I would tell young artists today is like, don't follow what everyone else is doing. If you see someone, even, even on the, that apps, you know, like, Instagram and TikTok, you see someone making a popular video. That's so great. You want to try it? Amazing. You should do it. But just make sure at the same time that you are creating a life for yourself and, you know, a style for yourself. And I think that just to young artists, when you're training, that's very different because you have to train to become a professional dancer and choreographer and all of that. And it takes time. So don't expect it to happen right away. And I think there's something that I love. There's this is the thing I love about my career so much is that it has been a slow burn. And I love that because I would rather take that any day over things happening too quickly and me not being able to enjoy them. And then my last piece of advice would be find your community, find the people around you that are, are going to support you and push you, but also, you know, not try and push you away from what you want to do. So you know, I do think we have to be able to take constructive criticism in our career as artists. But, you know, if someone is like, I don't think you should do that. Most of the time, what I've realized is the people that are telling you that you shouldn't do something or you can't do something, it's it's because they couldn't do it or it's on them. So it's like in ways you have to put your blinders on, open them sometimes to see what's out in the world and then shut, shut them and then get back on your own journey. So it's a lot of advice, but those are the things that have really helped me in my career and things that I'll keep doing. And maybe really this is the last thing, but don't be afraid to ask questions and and seek out the people that, you know, like if any central grad wants to email me about the entertainment industry, I'm not here to gatekeep and I'm, I'm happy to share even more. So that's that's a big thing for me is the entertainment world is hard and the more I can share and, and share my experience, the easier I hope it will be for a younger artist. Well, that's very generous of you to offer that. That's truly special. Maya, thanks for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. And best of luck on your future endeavors. Oh my gosh, thank you so, so much for having me. Once again, I want to extend a big thank you to our guest today, 2002 alumna Maya Taylor. We hope you enjoyed episode 13 of Eagle Tales, and we'd love to hear what you thought of this episode by connecting with us on our social media channels. You can find us on Facebook, 
Twitter, or Instagram by searching for the Central High School Foundation. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you can be notified of new episodes as they are released. A complete library of previous episodes can also be found on our website at chsfomaha.org. And remember, near or far, you are always part of the Central High School family. Go Eagles! Go Eagles!